Every lady needs a hobby. Amidst Fisher's Murder Mysteries podcast. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Genevieve. This week, we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 7, the penultimate episode. The Spider episode. That's right. Episode. <laughs> it's Game, game set, set Murder. murder. Um, um, housekeeping? Oh, so as our listeners may know, Miss FisherCon 2020 has been canceled because of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. However, um, in the last newsletter, they did say they are planning on it for 2021. Again, in Richmond at the really cool uh, hotel that they had lined up. Dates are not finalized, but stay tuned for that if you're in the U.S. or want to come to the U.S. Um, and while I'm sad that it's not happening this year, I was not going to be able to go because of my brother's wedding, which we'll see if I still am going to that. But, um, <laughs> you know, put, when it gets on the calendar for 2021, um, maybe I'll have a shot at, at getting down to Richmond. Actually, all fun has, it turns out, been canceled until 2021. But, you know, there's never been a better time to watch Miss Fisher and to listen to our podcast. So it's very true. Um, I think that should be our new tagline. Every lady needs a hobby because what else are you doing? No, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I like that. Um, <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, I think we should definitely make it our new tagline and put a T put it on T shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We've always had high standards here at the podcast, a podcast <laughs> HQ, you know? Um, that this is a reminder for me to plug our merch, of which we have sold some. So help us sell <laughs> by buying some. Yeah, I mean, please help support our hosting costs, which are not nothing. <laughs> I personally love my podcast mug, and I drink out of it every morning. And Dan knows not to drink out of it because it's my mug. I just think our logo is really cool. It is. Maddie did a great job on our logo. I love my Miss Fisher. My every lady needs a hobby t-shirt. And now that I work from home, I can wear t-shirts every day. And on days where I especially want to feel good, I put on my podcast t-shirt. And I think today I'm not just, you know, going to work. I'm also a podcast host. (laughs) Yeah, I should do that. You know, and then maybe on Zoom calls, my coworkers will be like, what's that shirt you're wearing? And I'll be like, oh, well, I'm also a podcast host. So just so you know. I had our mug on a conference call the other day and I was trying to like, you know, prominently display the logo. <laughs> Although seeing as I know we're at like a, a radio station where there's professional podcasters there, I'm a little bit like nervous to tell people about my podcast because I'm like, just like know that I have a podcast, but you don't have to listen to it. You actually know what you're doing. We do not. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's the interesting thing about having a podcast about such a niche topic that's like, it's kind of inaccessible for people that aren't already in the fandom. So everyone's always like, oh, what's your podcast? I'll listen to it. And I'm like, well, I mean, you don't have to because it's not going to make any sense to you unless you watch this TV show. So <laughs> well, I was trying to get them to watch the TV show. I'm like, well, first, you have to watch this awesome TV show. That's the best TV show. And then, although I do have a friend from college who listens and has not watched the TV show, and I said, you should probably watch the TV show. He's like, no, I just listened to the podcast. So, I mean, that's an option, too. If you just that's really odd. Huh. <laughs> I hope Damon, you're enjoying. if you listen to this episode, thanks for listening. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying yourself, Damon. <laughs> okay. Well, so on that note, uh, what do you think of this episode? <laughs> 
I love this episode. Um, it took me a long time to take notes on it because I just had so much, so many notes to take and I love everything about it. And I love, well, I don't know if I love everything about it. We'll get to that as we get through the <laughs> ins, and, ins and outs. But what I do like is the misdirection of the murder victim, which is a classic murder mystery like trope. So I love the plot of like thinking it's one one person was the intended victim and, the, and really the whole time the original victim was the victim all along. I love it. Also, I love this. <laughs> The spider being used as a murder method. It's, it's genius. Genius. Yeah. I mean, I have for a long time thought it was the most over-the-top murder method of all the ones in the whole show. And then I, I kind of think, you know, the vibrator maybe is supplanting it from first place now that I've mm-hmm. watched mm-hmm. both of the episodes sort of in quick succession. Um, but I did used to think that it would just not possibly work because that spider would just crawl off. But, you know, on rewatch i noticed maybe for the first time that the socks were placed into the shoe to trap the spider inside yeah so you know that that i guess would have kept it there so yeah and and my thought in watching it this time was wouldn't you like it's a very large spider <laughs> like it's you huge. might realize as you put your foot in but then i, I don't know you know Anyways, I, read, I love it as murder method <laughs> i read that people that live in places with like dangerous creatures will empty their shoes before they put them on as just sort of as a general rule. So mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, I guess that's just not something people do in Australia then maybe. Well, but that was a, I mean, it was a spider that was not native to Melbourne, but it was a spider that was native to Sydney. So hmm. maybe they do it there, but you know, I've been to Australia and I never saw anyone emptying their shoes before they put them on. So <laughs> maybe it's only in like the jungle. I don't know. <laughs> When I was in India on study abroad, we got back to our, like, guest house we were staying, and there was a scorpion on my pillow. And I just want to say that I didn't freak out. And I hate bugs. I hate the idea of bugs being anywhere near my bed. And I just, you know, it was a real real growth moment for me. I just went and got (laughs) someone who worked at the guest house and said, um, there's a scorpion on my pillow. Can you please take care of it? And they did. And they told us all to, to knock our boots out in the morning before we set off on the trail. <laughs> so what you're saying is you didn't trap it under your diaphragm? No. <laughs> uh, now that I think of it, I don't know. I should have done that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I my like I call her my aunt Millie. She's really a family friend. Millie. She always told us the story. She lived in um, the Virgin Islands. She'd always told us the story about some friend of hers she had who was like a Rastafarian guy. So he never cut his hair. He had like really long dreadlocks, and he had like really terrible headaches. And finally, he went to the doctor, and they found scorpions living in his hair, and they were stinging him in the head. And oh. I've never known whether or not to believe this story, but I mean, it's like the kind of thing you would see in this TV show. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a good murder method, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you read about the murder hornets? Sorry, this um, is not at all about Miss Fisher, but now that I'm thinking about stinging insects. Yeah. No, I have read about the murder bugs. hornets. And just to sort of piggyback off of your hatred of bugs, there's nothing I hate more than grubs. Grubs, maggots, it's just their <laughs> white little bodies. And when I first read about that murder hornet, I was like, that hornet is so big. I bet that it produces a truly humongous grub. And that revolts me. Just, <laughs> just disgusting. Oh, Ew. Yeah. Because the, they can get up to be two inches long. Ugh. The, the wasps themselves. Anyways, they I heard an interview with a beekeeper who was going to like exterminate. Maybe you heard this too, because I think it was on the daily. Exterminate one of the 
the nests and the the hornet stung him multiple times through his beekeeping suit and through a like thick pair of sweatpants and he said it was the worst sting that he'd ever felt he'd ever oh experienced gosh yeah uh, yeah i think i had read that they can really sting through like jeans and stuff mm-hmm. Oof. and they kill like 50 people a year so anyways well, that's the last thing we need. I know. Imagine, imagine if you like survived coronavirus and then were killed by a murder hornet. You'd be so mad, right? I mean, you'd be dead. So. Yeah, but like looking back, which I assume you get to do, like just reflect on the cause of your death and think, what the hell, you know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this has taken a turn, but we are still technically talking about stinging creatures, which is the murder method in this episode so technically a biting venomous creature well anyway (laughs) so i like this episode yeah i like it too i think there's some good sexual tension good murder method and uh ladies in sports which i always like to see yes and we get jack it's a little flirtation which is hilarious and i love it hilarious i well we can discuss that when we get to it i don't love it but uh we'll see we'll we'll talk about that all right all right we can talk we can talk about it so in the cold open of this episode, uh, we enter a tennis locker room and we see a spider being released from a jar into a little white high heeled shoe and then held in place by a sock. Uh, a woman then enters, removes her shoes and puts on the other pair with the spider. Um, so she then she immediately screams, falls to the floor, writhing. Um, and then she immediately like goes still and we see the spider crawling across her lifeless face. It's truly creepy, truly chilling. Yeah, yeah. And I think being bitten on the foot by a spider is torture second only to having to play tennis in high-heeled shoes. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like, wait, these are the shoes for the tennis? Because they have like a good inch and a half chunky heel on there. It's so silly. And then they're like not even playing on tennis courts. They're playing on grass, like on grass courts. Seems very challenging. I mean, I've never played tennis, so maybe it's easier in... <laughs> I healed Mary Jane's. I don't know. I don't think it is. <laughs> um, my only note on the cold open, besides what happens, is that the camera like pans up from her her foot to like her lifeless body, and there's like kind of a close up of her knees and her thigh. And I just wanted to say that you can see actual hair on her legs, which you don't see often on mm-hmm. TV. And it's not like she. I I don't think it's not like she doesn't shave, but it's like you know that little little soft hair above your knee that you don't always shave. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You just see it on camera. I was like, oh right, women right. are mammals. <laughs> women are mammals. <laughs> <laughs> Even actresses don't always remove all of their body hair. Yeah. Ah, oh, I didn't notice that, but that's a nice catch there. Yeah. Um, and, I wrote, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that I thought the spider crawling across her face looked pretty CGI. It was clearly not actually happening. You don't think it was a real spider? I thought it was a real spider, but maybe I'm just... Well, I think it was a real spider in some of the shots, and then I think it was a real spider that they filmed crawling, but I think that they just edited it to look like it was oh, across her face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's probably right. Probably, like, they had it crawl across a green screen and then mm-hmm. face behind it. But anyway. Also, that spider wouldn't have run across her face. It would have scurried away and hidden. Yes, definitely. But it does, it does make it creepier. Yeah, it was definitely just dramatic effect. <laughs> um, well, so then, back in Miss Fisher's kitchen, uh, Dot is pretty excited about Miss Fisher hosting a famous tennis player who Bert thinks has, quote, nice pins. 
Um, I assume that means boobs, but I wasn't sure. I was like, pins? Oh, uh, legs. legs? Legs? Yeah, it means legs. Yeah. I was like, okay, that makes very more sense. I was like, is he talking about her boobs? That makes no sense. <laughs> pins. I don't know what's wrong. They were so great. They looked just like pins. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I guess I was thinking like bowling pins, but that's that's worse almost. <laughs> Legs, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah, because then later we see the photograph and it shows like kind of upper skirt a little bit. It shows a lot of leg. <laughs> um, so then Hugh arrives at the house, uh, having just come back from his little fishing trip, and he has tricked his mother into giving her blessing on the marriage and been promoted. Yeah, he has tricked his mother by threatening to marry a Protestant girl with loose morals, which confuses Dot because she's very, takes things at face value. She's like, wait, <laughs> what, what Protestant girl? No, with no, loose there's no Protestant girl. She's <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And then I I just, uh, I'm, I had to note, like, imagine putting your job on the line for someone like Hugh, because it's, it says, he says that the inspector threatened to resign. If they didn't give Hugh a promotion. And I was thinking like, mm, not sure I'd do that. Not sure I would go that far. <laughs> what a boss though. I mean. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, you know, maybe he was doing it more as a favor to Miss Fisher. So that mm-hmm. her companion. Well, and also, uh, what's his face? Neville, the other constable, was not nearly as good as Hugh. So maybe after a few weeks of working with Neville, Jack was like, all right, we got to get Hugh back at, at any cost. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Next up at Aunt Prudence's, uh, a couple are playing tennis, and that is Constance and her new husband, who is Miss Fisher's old friend, Stanley. Do you think uh, he's an old friend or <laughs> an old friend? <laughs> um, I'm just going to go with old friend, not Yeah, there seems friend. to be no sexual tension between them. Yeah, especially because um, Miss Fisher implies that Aunt Prudence was upset that she missed their wedding. So if Stanley is also Prudence's old friend, that implies that, you know, it's like a childhood thing or something. Or do you think he's Prudence's old friend? Oh, what a twist. I would love that. <laughs> uh, um, my, I just have a question because not very long ago, Prudence made the mistake of turning over her home to a woman's sanatorium. And it didn't end very well. It ended with murder and an attempted suicide. And what does Prudence do? She just turns her house over to a tennis tournament. She's got to learn a lesson. That's and what true. happens? Murder again. And everyone knows that female professional athletes are totally unhinged. So it's basically the same as having a women's sanatorium in your house. I mean, have you seen them? They're so manly. They're all on steroids. <laughs> sarcasm. This is sarcasm, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Um. <laughs> Wow, tell us how you really feel. Okay. Yeah, how I really feel is that I appreciate Miss Fisher's uh, advocacy for yep. women's representation in sports. As a person with huge biceps myself, you know, I get some manly arms. All right, all right. You don't need to brag about your biceps on this podcast. No, I'm just advocating for more jackets to be made with roomier arms for the athletic woman. Miss mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fisher would get behind that cause. I think so. <laughs> Anyway, Sydney and Stanley, not Sydney, Stanley, Stanley. Constance. <laughs> yes, so Stanley and Constance have just eloped, but they cut their honeymoon short to go to the Sydney Cup, uh, which is seems odd. Um, and then uh, the whole party heads back to have tea where they bemoan paparazzi photographer Frederick Byrne, only to have Bert show up and find the, or having found the body um, and cut to the body scene. 
Yeah, the music indicates that when Bert appears that a murder has been discovered. <laughs> How many bodies has this poor guy found? I mean... Yeah. Oops. Yeah, all of these people would be, like, psychologically traumatized given the number of bodies they yeah. stumble upon. And I've, never found their... a, I've never found a single dead body. And I think I would be pretty upset if I did. Yeah, even if it wasn't someone you knew. Like, yeah. Or at your home or your relative's home. Yeah. Has anyone ever been found dead in Miss Fisher's house? Hmm. I don't think so. I think so. But Aunt Prudence has really racked it up. I mean, we had, okay, so we had, what's her name from season one? The maid, right? She was dead in the pool. Mm-hmm. Or she was the Maisie? Groom. Maisie, yeah. Something like that. Um, And then there was two deaths during the women's sanatorium phase. And now we're two, talking yeah. about a fourth one. Yeah. And Arthur died, presumably at home. Oh, man. Yeah. No wonder Aunt Prudence is so cranky. Yeah. People keep dying at her house. And then somebody tried to drown her in a birdbath. She's got a ton of trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was involved in that mine accident years ago. Yeah. I guess it's a good thing she was seeing that weird doctor, you know? Yeah, yeah, he did seem to be helping her. Specifically about her, her son's death, which seems like the arguably the least traumatic of these traumatic. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like um, he wasn't well, murdered. Yeah, it was sort of, seemed like it was expected. Well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not, not saying that that wasn't traumatic. I'm just saying it's like different than literally multiple people being murdered on your property. Yeah. Which would be frightening. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, that's not the point. Another um, murder has taken place. Yes. So back to the locker room, we find out the victim is Belinda Rosewell, who is Constance's practice partner. Um, Jack identifies a spider bite on her foot. Um, and how does Jack know what a spider bite looks like? Just an aside. <laughs> he just knows. Just one of those things. Yeah. Um, Constance insists that the shoe was in fact hers, so she must have been the intended victim. <gasps> Or was she? <laughs> um, and then the murder weapon emerges and Miss Fisher shows her true colors, a terror of spiders. Which just makes me think of the movie. And then I was just like, I have to watch the movie again. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. I love the way that they circled back to that in the movie. But I know, it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like this scene a lot. I think it's funny that, you know, Miss Fisher is like, oh, I'm happy to let you be the scout, Jack. <laughs> and then she jumps on the bench and... <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then Dot also comes in and has found a broken shoelace in the hedge. Oh yeah. Probably why she wanted to, she had to borrow shoes. It's a little suspicious that it's in the hedge. They don't really make a lot of this, but it, it's, it's important. It is yeah. a clue. It is a clue. <laughs> it reminds me of um in I don't know if you've read Emma Jane Austen. Yes. Emma, she's trying to match make and so she sabotages her own shoe and throws the lace in the bush so that. They have to make some detour or something. I don't know. It's not in the most recent movie, but it's in the book. And that's yeah. what it made me think of, except she wasn't trying to kill anyone. So Right. A little different. I but. haven't watched the most recent movie, but it's on my list. It is hysterical. You've got to watch it. Dan okay. and I went. I had to, like, bribe him to see it. Um, But he loved it. It's got, um, like, I forget the actor's name, but it's just, it's well done in a way that I think updates the movie for modern times mm-hmm. where the love interest character is not like old. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I recently reread sense and sensibility and it was so delightful. Oh, I love that book. It's just so yeah. good. 
I liked it more now than when I read it, like, in high school. I think in high school, I was like, this is a little bit boring. I was expecting it to be exactly like Pride and Prejudice, and it's just not quite the, not quite as much sizzling romance, but um, it's still very good. Yeah, well, also the, the movie, my favorite movie adaptation, which I think was a BBC miniseries, actually has um, Dan, what's his name, from Downton Abbey in it. He plays oh. um, Edward Ferrer's, uh, what oh. the heck is his name? The the guy who plays Matthew in Downton Abbey? Yes. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Stevens. Dan okay. Stevens. Yeah. Probably more famous for having played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that was a Jane Aust- Austen tangent, but yes. But I think there's probably a lot of fan overlap, so... <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Jack is delighted by... The information that Miss Fisher is afraid of spiders. And in the next scene, he teases her with a fake spider and she jumps right into his arms in fright. Yes, please. (laughs) Just right. And and his hand is just like right there on her waist. Yeah. He's not holding back there. It's just just like, oh, yeah, you're you're leaping into my arms. Why? Hello. Hello there. And it's not a cupped hand. You know, it's the palm is there. It's touching, you know. Yeah. So. Um, they're, of course, snapped in this compromising position by none other than the paparazzi photographer, Frederick Byrne. I like how when she realizes that the photographer's in the bushes, she she turns to Jack and, like, lovingly puts her finger on his lips. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? Yeah, I'm still not sure how to interpret this scene. It's like, either she, at first I thought she didn't want to offend, she didn't want Jack to offend the guy. Because he was a big time newspaper dude. But then I on rewatch, I thought, is she just doing that because she wants the picture taken? Yeah, that's I think that's and then when it comes out in the paper, she's just like delighted by it. She just thinks it's like hilarious. So I'm like, maybe she did it on purpose. Yeah, unclear. Then what is the picture that shows up in the newspaper? Is it the one it's it is the one where her finger yeah. is right on his lips? Well, anyway. <laughs> um, so then in the next scene, I, I don't want to give this scene short trip because I love it. It's delightful. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and it's, well, I think it's better when it shows up. But, like, I like this scene, but I think it's even funnier because it's paired with the scene of both of them, like, seeing it in the newspaper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so then in the next scene, um, Dot and Hugh are having a little catch up and Hugh starts brushing leaves off the back of Dot's coat. And that is also snapped by Frederick Byrne. Uh, you know, it does look a little, a little compromising. I, I, it's funny how when the photo comes out, they're like, oh no, it looks like you're grabbing my butt. But like he was brushing the leaves off of her butt. So it's kind of like, if you don't want people to see him touching your butt, don't let him touch your butt. You know, <laughs> I don't know. He was just brushing stuff off her coat. I don't think her coat was even like on her, you know, it was just like sort of hanging away from her body. I suppose. But it's, you know, it's. It's it's close. Yeah. And anyway, anyway. Um <laughs> so then at the lab, um, or well at the morgue, Mac is explaining about the spider, because I guess she's an insect expert now, in addition to being a medical doctor, a medical examiner, and uh in many counts also like some kind of plant biologist. <laughs> um a woman of, many, a woman of many talents. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we find out that that spider was one, very deadly, and two, had strong little jaws. Uh, <laughs> and um, 
Mac also doesn't think that it was an accident that the spider crawled into the bag at when they were at the Sydney Cup because it wouldn't have liked a hot tennis court. Which is like a little bit of a stretch, but yeah. I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah. If this were real life, they would have probably just stopped investigating at that point. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then at Miss Fisher's house, uh, Constance and Stanley are informed that this could have been a murder attempt, not an accident. <gasps> How shocking. Who could have guessed? Certainly not these two that definitely don't already know all about it and maybe committed it. <laughs> well, I, it's unclear if Stanley knows about it yet. Yeah, it's unclear at what point he figures yeah. it out. Um, so they immediately pin, try to pin the blame on Connie's tennis nemesis, Angela Lombard, whom Miss Fisher is putting up on a yacht. <laughs> at first I thought it was her yacht but then she says something later about how she wants to buy a boat and I was like oh she must be renting this yacht <laughs> yeah um and you imagine if you went to a tennis tournament and they were like you can stay on this yacht rather than a in a hotel like okay I guess <laughs> Is there well a I got the feeling the she, she wanted to be on the yacht yeah I guess so it's just a little odd <laughs> I liked it I don't like boats that much so maybe I'm oh, okay <laughs> Um, so Miss Fisher is also going to be hosting a fundraising party on said yacht. We also find out in this scene. Um, she's raising money for female tennis players since the Australian Tennis Association makes women pay their own way, whereas men are, have their expenses paid. To which Jack says, I didn't realize this was one of your passions. And Franny says, I have many passions, Jack. And then they sort of like look lovingly to, to each other's eyes before she goes on this like, tirade about women's sports <laughs> yeah and we all think to ourselves yeah act on your passions what's ho- what's holding you back just close the gap of one half inch between your mouths <laughs> and just just seal the deal here whatever we're getting close we're getting close <laughs> um so then at the yacht, uh, we found out Angela Lombard is going, or on the way to the yacht, Angela Lombard is going through an ugly divorce and maybe has a waning career. Um, she's also got a bad fake American accent and is a very bad flirt. Um, her <laughs> alibi is that she was having... Desperate woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. She definitely who's... does come off as a desperate woman. Who's your fella? Who's your fella? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um... She, yeah, she, I just, I feel like this character had a lot of potential and I don't love what the actress did with it. I don't like the direction she went. What, say more about that. Um, I just think like, well, I, just the whole dynamic between her and Jack is totally unconvincing to me because, you know, I think we're supposed to be meant to think that Jack is kind of tempted by her, but in reality, I just don't think that he ever would have gone for that kind of like really over the top flirting, you know, like that's just not his style. I don't think we're meant to believe. I think he's sort of like laughing at her the whole time. I guess so. But I just like, I, you know, like she's a hot lady. I don't know. That's true. But I, so what I don't like that the actress did is that just the way she talks, like, I think part of it's also the script, like, who's your fella? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. They don't talk in, as far as I can tell, they don't use like old timey Australian language. Not that I would recognize that if I saw it. So I don't know why they're, I don't, I don't know. I just think it, it sounds out of place to hear this like old timey American, like talk. Yeah. I, I think it's know. like exaggerated for emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. 
Her alibi is that she was having boat sex with Terrence Lawson. <laughs> Below deck, if you know what I mean. If the boats are rocking, could also just be waves. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that scene. <laughs> um, they haul Terrence down to the station. Uh, he feigns, or he he is definitely surprised to hear that Constance, or Connie, as he says, was the intended victim, um, and then claims that, you know, back when they used to play mixed doubles together, he was always trying to ask her out, but she totally jilted him. She wasn't into it. And he had plenty of other options. He says this multiple times, just to, just to be clear that he had a lot of, all the ladies were, were just lining up for him, so it didn't matter to him. Yeah, that's a surefire sign that no ladies were lining up, in fact, at all. None at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's pretty cute. But I will say, he's another striped jacket man, much like the striped jacket men in Ballarat Train. You mean in personality? Or is there ever a scene of him in a striped jacket? Yeah, he's literally wearing a striped jacket in this. It's not as loud as the other striped jacket fellows, but it's just that vibe. Ah, <laughs> uh, I missed it. I mean, he, yeah, he definitely has the same vibe. Yeah. Um... So then back at Miss Fisher's house, Connie claims that it was never like that. LOL. He said that? Oh, my God. (laughs) I thought he just cared about tennis like the rest of us. There's only you, Connie, that are insane about tennis. And insert tennis innuendo here. He wanted to touch your racket. I don't know. I got nothing. (laughs) Pitch a few balls. I don't know. Serve it. I don't know anything about tennis. (laughs) Um, also in this scene she goes on and on about how much she loves tennis and claims that she's a little bit sick and so she's drinking her own special tea which is obviously a clue yeah well she also dots like oh I love your dress which is a very beautiful dress it's like the white dress with the red embroidery and she's like well it's a bit snug at the moment and we know that anytime this specific type of information is garnered specifically about women's clothing fitting them snugly it means there's a hidden pregnancy oh yeah I mean, that we also see. Yeah. They reuse this device in Miss Fisher's modern mysteries with the yeah. model who's got the snug yes. dress. Yeah. Anytime a lady, it, it's not that maybe perhaps they were making too many brownies. That's what I've been doing. I've <laughs> been trying out every brownie recipe. And, you know, who's to say that my, my clothes aren't a little snug? <laughs> yeah. Perfectly. I mean, it's I just put on the good. quarantine 15. Yeah. <laughs> It's just as good of an explanation as a hidden pregnancy. Would it be the entire cake I ate last week? Or the entire cake I ate the week before? Or the jar of Nutella I had yesterday? Who's to say? Who's to say? Rob's like, we've got to start making savory treats. And I was like, yeah, but I have another brownie recipe I wanted to try. <laughs> like, you just have to wait. You just have to hold off on making more brownies. Oh, I was just going to say, in this case, it was not anything to do with the amount of food that this elite athlete was eating. It was, in fact a secret pregnancy secret pregnancy um so then stanley spots frederick byrne loitering in the bushes and stanley and miss fisher run him off and then stanley mentions that byrne already has a harassment complaint against him and is facing mysterious other charges uh so uh, next up at the station and at Miss Fisher's house, the tabloid exposure that Frederick Byrne has exposed them to is receiving differing reactions. Uh, Miss Fisher thinks <laughs> Miss Fisher thinks that their best angles have been captured, whereas 
Jack thinks he's about to be served. <laughs> Although um, he's he looks grim, but I think there's a little smirk hidden behind behind it. I don't know. Yeah, it's certainly not the reaction he would have had in season one. Mm-mm. You know, he's he's amused for sure, and also forbidden from solving cases with civilians. But he has a solution for that. He has, he has a very <laughs> ready solution for that, which oh my goodness, this just warms. It's so cute. It's so adorable. Yeah. So the solution is that Jack is making Miss Fisher an honorary constable, and he pins his special badge on her in a very sexy manner. And it's his police badge from when he was 10. Very cute. Very it's like, cute. How did he just have that at the ready? Like, it must just be something that like he keeps in his desk as like a little memento, and then it was exactly what he needed. He was saving it for Buffalo Bill all this time. What does that mean? Well, was he going to give it to Buffalo Bill? Oh, like if you ever met him? All right. Is Buffalo Bill the same as a, a, a buffalo, like Wild Buffalo, or wait, Wild Bill Hickok? Was that the same guy? I think so. I think so. I made this up. Let's see. Um, well, he died in like 1917. Okay. All right. So could have so been. been something Jack was into when he was a kid. Yeah. yeah. That's pro. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the police badge. Um, warrants a lot of very very slow caressing pinning of mm-hmm. more than once this episode a lot of just a slowly slowly placing it on her collar and sort of ca- just getting a little caress in there extremely sexy yeah yeah unfortunately they couldn't just close the gap they couldn't carry it forth mm. but so close <sighs> alas until next week <laughs> <laughs> um so then in the kitchen, Dot is doing a very special kind of Dot-specific sleuthing, which is sewing sleuthing, where she's fixing Connie's evening bag, and inside of it she finds an important clue. <laughs> in the meantime, Jack and Miss Fisher head out to interview Frederick Byrne, who calls Connie a whinging cow. Nice! <laughs> Uh, what a guy. Also, yeah. when they knock on the door, Friday puts on this, like, deep, she's like, and I, Jack's like, it's the police. And she's like, and special constable Friday Fisher. And she says, like, a deep voice. Friday Fisher, special constable. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so um, he also denies any involvement with the murder and then he makes a run for it when miss Fisher finds some dirty pics that he took which were just not even hidden they were just in plain sight so nice one also um, why did he run yeah i don't get it it's <laughs> like that's the solution you're just going to abandon your entire like lab and all your stuff your studio just like make a run for it and like <laughs> presumably like flee to tasmania and live in the jungle like what are you doing man <laughs> anyway uh, he doesn't get very far though because friday like frisbee's a trash can lit at him <laughs> just knocks him down with it. ridiculous if i tried to do that it would not work <laughs> oh it's so great yeah um so back at the station where they've hauled burns he claims he wasn't selling the dirty photos they were just art for his own personal edification <laughs> and then he asked jack if he wants one. Oh my like, god oh, you one you like Gonna take some pics of your lady friend later in the episode. Maybe you want those. <laughs> um, you don't know what happens to that film that Friday takes. Jack might end up with those eventually. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, she definitely gets it developed. I was, oh, yeah. I was watching the episode with Dan and I was like, what do you think happens to that film? And she, he was like, she gets it developed, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> we do not see her destroy it. <laughs> nope. 
Um, he's also drinking some American lumberjack whiskey. Or, well, it's Canadian, but they import it. Um, so this is obviously a clue. I tried to look up and see if I could find lumberjack whiskey at all. I found this, like, new agey lumberjack lily whiskey with natural herbs and spices. And it was, like, had some, like, weird sort of subtext of women's empowerment. But it was, like, a whiskey, I think. Anyways. That's silly. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I couldn't find if this was like a brand of whiskey from the 20s. I couldn't find that. Um, but I did find a recipe for a cocktail called the Laidback Lumberjack that involves apple juice, maple syrup, and bourbon. So I'll probably be trying that at some point later. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. The Laidback Lumberjack. <laughs> I'd watch that for a TV show. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um. So they obviously think that he got this lumberjack from uh, from Angela Lombard, the American, which for me just brings up just a whole series of questions about Angela Lombard. Number one being, if she got this whiskey in America and she was traveling from America to Australia, a non-prohibition country, and she could just get whatever drink she wanted there, why would she take the risk of smuggling this whiskey over yeah, and presumably a sea voyage. I, I think she would have to go through customs. I just it seems questionable. Yeah, it made no sense to me. I was like, okay, so it's being it's bootlegged because of prohibition. But well, how does she have it then? It makes less sense that she like I, I don't understand. And why is she bootlegging it to Australia? Yeah, and then I mean, additionally, once I started thinking about how Angela Lombard got to Australia herself, I was thinking like, is she? And you know, just the whole thing is like, what is she doing there? And how long is she staying? And like, do people commonly make a humongously long like transatlantic voyage just to play tennis? I mean, I, that would have been like three months on a ship, unless she flew. But like, what? Yeah, no, it must have been a steam voyage. And then she has a whole bottle of it at Aunt Prudence's that she like serves to Jack. Right, it's like she brought a suitcase full of her own special whiskey supply, which, since it was bootlegged, probably contained paint thinner and caused blindness. Yeah, I don't understand. Or, or was it she got it in Canada? Like, she went, she's from the U.S., but she was on tour. She went to Canada. She picked up the whiskey. I need to just, know. And then like, got a whole case of it and traveled with it. And used it to bribe photographers. And, like, how did she, how did she form this relationship with this photographer? I just, I have a lot of questions. A lot of questions. <laughs> Maybe she lives in Australia. Yeah, I but know. she's definitely American and like is having getting a contract with that American tennis shoe company. Right. It just seems absurd to me that she would travel to Australia <laughs> to play a match, especially as a in the 1920s a female tennis player. Like, would it a male tennis player have even done that? Like, she would have been able to train during that voyage. What? I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it would have taken. I, I said three months. That's ridiculous. I think it would have taken like a month, though, right? I mean, isn't that about how long it would take to get to Europe from the U.S.? And Australia is significantly know. further. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe she came from California. Yeah, well, I think, actually, I think she would have had to. Yeah. yeah. She would have come from the West Coast. It's a 14 I don't know. Hour I have a lot of, Yeah. The, the short answer is the whiskey connects Lombard and Byrne as yes. they get it together. Yes. A shaky so. connection, really, but it's it's there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then at the station, um, Hugh is checking out racy pictures of Constance in the newspaper, um, and he's caught in the act by Dot when they turn the page and discover the handsy photo that was taken in a previous scene, and Dot is just distraught over this. A handful of fun. Oof. 
Yeah, I think you should have gone with Copper Cop Sophia. That's a better one. But Handful <laughs> of Fun is pretty good, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then just, you know, as an aside, the clue she found in the handbag turns out to be an autographed picture of Terrence. <gasps> what? Sounds like Connie has been lying. Somebody's got a secret. Yeah, so then Terrence oh, is interviewed. Wait, also, when, when they bring Burn in, it's right after Hugh sees the photo and he sort of, like, confronts him about it. Oh, yeah. Manly. And then yeah. Burn is like, well, it's not my fault if you can't keep your hands off each other, which is just hilarious given that Don and Hugh barely ever really touch each other beyond, like, their chaste, <laughs> like... Chaste kisses, which probably yeah. involve no tongue. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Friday didn't give, give Hugh that book on kissing, so. That's yeah. true. I've gotten things things a little more advanced. He but might he's have. Been, he's been gone for months, so who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um. So Terrence is questioned next, and he brushes it off, saying that Connie dumped him. Um. There were tennis mad kids back in Horsham. Um. And then she dumped him out of the blue, and next thing you knew, she was married to Stanley. That's his story, and he's sticking to it. He also throws in another mention about how he had plenty of other options because who wouldn't want to get with him? I don't want to. I don't want to go out with you anyway. I have lots of other girls that wanted to go out with me. God. Ugh. God, gross. Ugh. God. <laughs> um. So then Connie, when questioned, claims that she just panicked and lied because Franny is such close friends with Stanley, um, and she claims that she kept it a secret also because. Or she kept it a secret generally because she and Terrence were intimate. <gasps> and then my question is kind of shocking. Yeah, I guess, but like, how would anyone have found that out just because they were dating? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems like Terrence could have claimed that either way, you know? Yeah, I, I don't understand that. But well, anyway, um, Connie says that she was confused and went away for a while, and then realized that she had been in love with Stanley the whole time. Did she go away for? Would you say nine months? Would you say it might be about the amount of time she yeah. was missing? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> which they they sort of hint at that but never establish it. Anyway, she went she she leaves around Easter and then comes back and is. I guess it would help if I knew when the show was taking place, but I don't know that they established that. Yeah, I don't think they do. Probably says in the newspapers, and I just need to be more observant. <laughs> I mean. Uh. <laughs> Um, so just then an eel is discovered in her bag, which turns out to be Angela or is most likely to be Angela Lombard's doing, who's just trying to throw her off her game. <gasps> which would that work? I don't know if an eel would throw me off my game. I think it would give me a needed adrenaline rush, which would probably get my heart pumping for tennis practice. Yeah. <laughs> so then Franny follows Angela Lombard to the pool. No, where she hits. Friday tells Jack to deal with the bombshell. Right. Yes, that is important. <laughs> so Jack does so. And um, she just flirts with him shamelessly um, and uh, admits that she was play- paying Burns to bother Connie just to jerk her chain. Um, and then she tries to get him to go in the pool. He won't do it, but he does agree to untie her dress. She also, I see, it's funny. I thought she was so funny. And, like, she has some great lines where she's like, are you exclusively Phryne's ball, ball boy? <laughs> or do you spread yourself around? And then Jack is just, like, smirking the whole time. It's so funny. I guess so, yeah. I just, I just didn't think it was in character for him. You know, like, I think he's a much more subtle guy. Like, he's, he's very well, he doesn't subtle. doesn't flirt right? back. It's no, all but, just facial expressions. But, 
he unties her suit very slowly and he has sort of a look on his face like he's kind of enjoying it and then he's sort of smirking and it's like i i felt like they were trying to imply that he was into it and i just didn't think that the character of jack robinson would be into it i think he would just find it annoying yeah i see i i took it as him being amused and sort of like taking his time doing that just to like kind of mess with her which I guess that isn't really in character for Jack, but I, I don't know. I interpret it as not him so much going along with it, but him just being like, wow, this lady is a lot. <laughs> it's <kind of> funny. <laughs> she is a lot. I just, I can't help but can't contrast it to the, the only other like Jack love interest that we've had, which was Conchetta. And, well, and Rosie. Yeah, that's true. But they had already been married. So it's sort of a yeah. whole different dynamic, but you know. Just, but Conchetta was, like, actually, like, that was serious, you know? Yeah, that this was just, serious. like, some tennis star that is obviously a huge flirt, that is flirting with literally everyone, who he knows is already hooking up with Terrence, and is just, like, teasing him about being in the paper with Phryne. I don't know. I, I just took it as him kind of, like, laughing about it, like, yeah. quietly inside. I guess I just think he would have only laughed about it inside privately and not, like, yeah. shown any of that to her. But I don't know. <laughs> I guess he does say perhaps another time when she asks him to go swimming. Right, yeah. <laughs> Dan was like, oh man, like we'd get to see him in his swimsuit. And I was like, buddy, we, we've already seen him in his swimsuit. There's a seaside episode. And his swimsuit is not that exciting because it's, it's a not... weird baggy wool, like full body affair. <laughs> yeah, they, they should have gotten him a better fitting swimsuit. <laughs> um. So then uh, back at the house, Miss Fisher is getting ready and comforting Dot, who is very upset about the fallout from this tabloid photo. Uh, but Miss Fisher convinces her that she needs to go to the cocktail party and hold her head high. Um, I also just think it's ludicrous that Hugh's mother says she can no longer wear white to her wedding. Oh, my. Well, everyone <laughs> knows you can only wear white if no man has ever touched your butt before. <laughs> and, like, the photo, she's like fully clothed in a long, like, very, very covering jacket. And his hand in the photo isn't even touching her. It's just sort of like, you know, you can tell he, I don't, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think maybe the implication is just that while Hugh's mother has agreed to the wedding, she is still disliking of this Catholic upstart. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, so then... Dot leaves the room, and a spider begins to crawl up Miss Fisher's robe. I love this scene. I love this scene. It's so funny. Uh, and because you never see Miss Fisher rattled, no. and she's trying to call up for help, and she's just sort of whispering because she's so terrified. Um, and then she does ultimately seize control of the situation and uses an ingenious trapping technique to get that spider trapped under her diaphragm. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. It's just so funny. Oh, yeah. Um, so then Jack and Hugh arrive on the scene to help remove the spider. Um, and uh, Miss Fisher discounts the theory that it could be Stanley. And they find a scrap of what could be tennis whites in the window. So they think maybe, you know, maybe it was Terrence who snuck through the window. Um, and Jack reports that Angela Lombard was reading some sort of document. So that's... You know, that's what he discovered. Aside well, from... 
And he discovered an envelope for the Blue Spruce Tennis Shoe Company. Oh, right. Urgent yeah. on it. Right. Yes. Um, I also it's it's hilarious at the beginning when Jack and Hugh first show up and he was like taking notes. Oh my <laughs> so, god, it's so, so funny. So you know, so the the spider, the intruder was there, and then it was trapped under a a and Brian's like an internal device, and he's like internal device, and then he's like oh oh uh, <laughs> he figures out what it is and he's like writing his notes it's so funny oh my god and then jack, and then jack is just smirking like, the whole time and then jack is like collins and makes hugh take care of it <laughs> but uh don't worry jack you'll be handling that diaphragm soon enough you just have to cross the moroccan desert first <laughs> this is the best scene in the whole show i mean in the whole episode it's so good. One of the best of them. The spider starts like moving and the diaphragms are like scuttling along the floor. <laughs> so How do you think they achieved that? Do you think they just had it tied to a string and someone was pulling oh, it? Boy. Yeah. So <laughs> funny. And then Jack also tries to get an invite to this cocktail party. <laughs> maybe he's just loose this up. He's just real loose this episode. Yeah, he wants to go. Well, maybe he just really wants to investigate. He's just jonesing for an investigation opportunity. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe he is like more interested in Angela than I thought. Maybe he just wants to see her again. Yeah, maybe he wants her to see him in a tux. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyway, at said yacht party, um, I appear to have written in my notes, Dot looks extremely dowdy in a dumb little cape. Okay. I forgot <laughs> that I that that was my opinion. Um <laughs> Yeah, she's a little like it's a little it's a little too much. Yeah, I don't love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Miss Fisher sends her off to distract Angela so she can investigate, and Angela calls Dot one racy dame and <laughs> gives her cheers for being seen in the paper making out with her fella. <laughs> Which like was that were they making out? Is that what they called it? This old timey folk? Um, no, I mean no, they weren't making out. Yeah, <laughs> by any definition. Of making out that I've ever heard. I think she's just needling Dot. Yeah. But Dot, it seems to be sort of like, we're supposed to think Dot is pleased to hear people cheering her on for this, you know? I'm not, I'm not sure that it works. I think she's just embarrassed. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of all we ever hear about it. So it's like Mm -hmm. almost a resolution. Yeah. Um, so... Next, we see Miss Fisher uh, witnessing Constance wiping something off the bodice of her dress, claiming that she spilled champagne. Mm, suspicious. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, she sneaks into the cabin. Um, I also have noted looking stunning in a black evening gown and um, finds the document in Angela's bag. Uh, but just then Terrence comes in and commences flirtation while Miss Fisher tries to hide the document surreptitiously. Uh, well, I would argue that Phryne starts the flirtation. Because <laughs> he's like, true. what are you doing? And she's like, just admiring the cut of your jib. That's true. Oh, God. I love that phrase. I think it's so funny. <laughs> the cut of your jib. <laughs> um, I think it's weird that, like, when she's like, are you staying here? And he's like, no, I'm just keeping track of my few belongings. Like, what a weird thing to say. Like, I'm a very eligible bachelor. By the way, I carry around all my stuff in a suitcase because I'm so poor. Like, what? Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get why he was doing that. Yeah, or why he would admit to it, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, I was so bothered by this that I wrote down the quote, I don't own much. I like to keep it safe. <laughs> <What> <laughs> I, I don't I don't get it. Like a bag lady? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the point is, Miss Fisher, at this point, spots a rip in his tennis whites. So. <gasps> it's a clue! Yeah. Um, then Angela, just as they're cozying up together, Angela interrupts jealously and then brags to Miss Fisher about her liaison with Jack, untying her dress with his strong, manly fingers, which, like, to be honest, yes. But... Hard <laughs> <laughs> agree. Hard agree. And then this is my next beef with this whole Angela Lombard thing, which is that Miss Fisher is like, oh, it's so much better when he does it with his teeth, which is like, does she really have to stoop to this level where she's lying to imply that she and Jack have this like relationship that they don't have yet? I just think it's on a character. I don't know. All right. I'm going to disagree. I thought it was hilarious. I think Brian's like leaning into like they're in the paper together. Like, and she obviously kind of staged that photo. I don't know. I think she wants, she wants, claiming her territory and like I don't think she sees Angela as a threat but she's like oh yeah all right I see what you're doing and I can do it too all right yeah yeah I guess I I was sort of contrasting it again with the Conchetta dynamic where Miss Fisher was like well I suppose in this in this situation Angela knows that Franny is the Jack love interest whereas Conchetta had no idea so Franny Mm -hmm. was like just pretending that it wasn't like that which was ruthless honestly and just like pretty savage and then yeah and because Bryony saw Conchetta as like an actual threat not a threat I mean I think Bryony's still just sort of like whatever happens happens you know like I don't I don't know um but it just it felt a little bit like you know if somebody was like you know if you wanted people to think you were dating someone and so you like lied about it like yeah he's a great kisser I would know you know what I mean (laughs) I don't think that's what she's doing I think she's calling, I think she's calling Angela's bluff because she right. knows Jack better than Angela does. And Angela's just trying to like trump it, like to, I don't know, like get in her face about it. Like, oh, you know, like you think he's after you, but he's after me. I don't know. I, I think she's just like calling her bluff and, and just like being like, oh yeah, well, it's much better when he does it with his teeth. Like, I don't know. All right. I like that perspective. I like that yeah. perspective. Do you think, do you think that Jack would actually untie a dress with his teeth? Hmm. I think he'd rip yes. it off with his teeth. Rip it off? Yeah, I think he would. I, I think. Hmm. <laughs> I'm blushing now. Oh my gosh. I don't Nathan... think it'd be ripped. I think, yeah, I don't know. It depends on circumstances, right? I'm sure he's a man of many talents. Nathan Page, if you're listening, just shoot us a DM. We promise it won't be weird. I mean, if it's not no. weird already. <laughs> All right, well. Um. Anyway. Uh, so then Dot overhears Stanley and Constance arguing about their apparently subpar marital relations. Uh, I guess it took them such a long time to be intimate. And Constance appears to be doing it under sufferance. Which, okay, here's my question about this. A, Stanley just kind of delivers this line so awkwardly. And maybe it's like the line or the act or whatever. But he's like, it took such a long time for us to be intimate. And I'm like, okay, who said that at a party? Like, if you're married to someone, there's just all the stuff that you can like reference without just explicitly saying it to be overheard in an investigation where you can be like, well, honey, come on, like, you know, and then you wouldn't even have to say it and they know. But he's like, well, you know how it took us so long to be intimate for everyone to overhear. It's like, come on. Yeah. I mean, in real life, yeah, he would be saying it with the eyebrows and the yeah. toes of the head and the, you know, the secret couple language that everyone has. Yeah. But 
You're right. I, I guess they had to do it for the clue, you know? Doing it for the clue. I think it, they also are, are highlighting, like, these two just have a really awkward marriage dynamic that does not make sense. Like, yes. And I think that's just, it's in that, that thing. So I get why they did it. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> great conversation to have at a crowded party. I know, right? <laughs> um, but also, it's interesting that it's like, you know, we have to find this additional reason that Constance might not be that interested in sleeping with Stanley, which is that, you know, she just recently gave birth. But like also, it, you know, it seems kind of clear that she married him for his money because she needed yeah. someone that could support her tennis career. And that is just as good of a reason, I think, like she just doesn't like him that much, you know, yeah. Yeah. in that way. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, there's no time to discuss this new clue because Terrence has to be hauled into the station. Um and he's been set up, so he's getting real short end of the stick. <laughs> yeah. Not to and, spoil who had the first week, but Terry doesn't uh, have a very good week. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so in Jack's office, he informs Miss Fisher that the spider found in her bedroom was, in fact, not deadly and teases her with it mercilessly. But she reveals the contract she stole hidden in her garter and mm-hmm. so that he won't show it to her until show it to him until he puts that damn spider away. <laughs> and his, he, she like has her dress pulled up and he just his eyes linger longer than it's like strictly necessary. I just it's want to point that out. Yes, they very they linger very obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she leaves the dress up longer than is necessary. Oh, well. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So the sorry. So the document Turns out to be an endorsement contract with the Blue Spruce Tennis Company, which is most likely a Mormon company, which would imply that Angela needs to be a little bit uh, less uh, promiscuous. And also that she needs to win all her matches. So that could be a motive as well. Yes. And then Ms. Fisher acts a bit jealous about Angela Lombard. It's true. Well, I think, yeah, I, I take this all as being teasing where she's like, oh, did she mention this before or after you helped her out of her dress? <laughs> but then she sashays out of there so aggressively. She's just really like, oh, I'm oh, just yeah. swinging my hips and I'm a hot <laughs> ticket too and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Well, there's just like a lot of eye contact when she's like, oh, is that before or after you helped her out of her dress? And then it's just like prolonged eye contact. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's like, sitting, yeah, and then she's like struts out of there. And he's just like watching her. Like, anyway, so funny. Good stuff. Um, so then back at the house, Stanley is asking about Terrence. Like, why, is, why hasn't he been locked up? Which is suspicious, really. Because... Mm-hmm. Focus Mm -hmm. on Terrence. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then as soon as he disappears, Dot and Miss Fisher begin looting through Connie's stuff, which is pretty rude considering she's a house guest. Um, And then they knock down Stanley's bag where they find the real clue, which is a nudie photo of Belinda. (gasps) The scandal. Oh, my God. Imagine back in the day when send nudes really meant getting a photographer to take (laughs) staged photos of you in your garters. You know, from behind, nothing too racy here, black and white. And then you would have that, like, developed with chemicals <laughs> and printed on paper. And then you would give that to someone to just carry around in their bag, you know? What a different world we live in now. Yeah. Now well, when after I want to send... You had to work for it. Now when I want to send nudes, I just take a, a quick snap of my bowl of ramen and I send it right <laughs> over. Usually, you know, via Instagram. So... <laughs> <laughs> Stan. Stan. <Dudes. laughs> 
Um, so uh, when questioned about the photo, Stanley says that it only happened once. They had an arrangement. Um, and it just really wasn't like that. He didn't kill her. Uh, so then Jack and Franny revisit some theories. Maybe Belinda was the target all along. Um, so they need to investigate some new avenues. Jack is going to look at Belinda, look back at Belinda's belongings and connections, and Miss Fisher is going to question Burns in an innovative manner. <laughs> um, so a little striptease investigation ensues. Yeah, wouldn't be a season of Miss Fisher without such antics. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, she agrees to have photos taken of her in her lingerie in exchange for answers to her questions about his work with Belinda. One answer per item of clothing removed. (laughs) Uh, So we find out that he was paying her to take pictures of Connie. um, And Belinda called it all off because she was getting better money to do favors for someone else. Uh, and had to leave her last meeting with Burns to go meet Connie to talk about a private matter. My question is, why wouldn't she just keep all of the money? Why did she have to stop working for Burns? Like, she was just, like, basically, Angelo's paying Burns to rattle Constance, and then Burns was giving Belinda a cut of the money because she could get closer. So why wouldn't he, why wouldn't she keep that sideline going, too? I, I don't understand. That's an excellent question. I think that the answer is, once again, plot development. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just solely to give us a clue that Belinda has a, another sideline. Yeah, yeah. And that it has something to do with Connie. <laughs> um, so Miss Fisher then confronts Connie about this, who admits that she well, asked... Wait, first, this is where she confiscates the, the oh, film. Oh, I forgot. Yes, so she confiscates the film as an honorary constable. <laughs> And then she gets it developed for sure. And gives it to Jack, I hope. Has it framed, hangs it in her parlor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then Miss Fisher confronts Connie, who admits that she did ask Belinda to seduce Stanley to give her a break because she couldn't meet Stanley's needs because she was too busy training for tennis. Uh, Very suspicious. (laughs) Yes. And she married Stanley because he's a good man and a good coach. And, yeah, maybe also because uh, Terrence didn't have the money to support her tennis career. Uh, but she did not pay Belinda to have sex with Stanley, allegedly. Although, yeah, a lot of questions about that little arrangement. Yeah. Also, like, why would you agree to that? I mean, God. You mean Belinda? Yeah. Maybe she had a thing for Stanley. Maybe. <laughs> well, she obviously was a blackmailer, so maybe she viewed it as another sideline. Yeah, it just eventually seems like blackmail. It, it had a high, high potential to blow up in her face, which it did, and she was murdered. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. I mean, although she wasn't murdered for sleeping with Stanley. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So the next day, it's the day of the tournament, and Dot brings Connie her tennis dress and finds her crying and running a fever. Uh, but she denies it all, kind of runs off, and Dot and Miss Fisher theorize about her supposed illness, and they take away her special sage tea to be tested for poison. Hmm. <laughs> uh, next, we have another great scene in Jack's office where Miss Fisher has splayed herself across his desk quite artfully. Her jacket is really fanned out beautifully. <laughs> and um, her legs are just like right, just right in his, his eyeline. <laughs> Yep, and it has not escaped his notice. (laughs) 
he is finding this very distracting and asks her to remove herself from the desk, <laughs> but she refuses until he brings out his trump card, that spider in a jar. <laughs> um, but we also learn that if Connie wasn't paying Belinda, so we learn that Jack has found there's two large deposits made into Belinda's accounts in addition to what Byrne was paying for her mm. in the last two weeks. Indeed. And they Indeed. were in cash. And then he becomes very distracted by the legs. <laughs> the pins, if you will. The pins. She does have nice pins. Um, so at the match, Burns tries to take some more pictures of Hugh and Dot, and Hugh uses some threats and police brutality to run him off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dot is impressed, so. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was the 20s, so I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so... Next up, uh, Jack and Franny have found a secret compartment in Belinda's bag, which was full of compromising photos. And the photos all have prices on them. So, and they're two missing. So they want to know, you know, who bought these photos? Are they responsible for the deposits into Belinda's account? They must be. And then also, finally, we find that the tea was not poison. Right. Here's my question about these photos. Because when I first saw them, so that's like, it's A, photos of two people like having sex in broad daylight at, in the outside. <laughs> so that's one thing. But the other thing, who did you think was in the photos in this scene? Um, Like when I saw them, who did I think yeah. they were? I mean, I think the first time I watched it, I did think that it was Constance. Right. But yeah, it, you know, the first time I watched it, it was just kind of hard to keep it all straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second time I remembered what the, you know, what Connie's secret was, which was the pregnancy and not actually an affair with Terrence Lawson, so. Right. Because I was confused, even on this watch through, I took in my notes that it was a photo of, like, Connie and Terrence having sex, but it's not a photo of Connie and Terrence having sex. <laughs> yes, in fact, not. Yeah. Do you think Terrence only agreed to that to make Connie jealous? He was like, let's have sex in public. It'll be exciting. And also my ex might see us. <laughs> and they're like literally outside, like behind a building. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway. Um, so the when Angela is confronted before the match, she admits that she did pay Belinda for a compromising photo so that her contract didn't fall through. And she shows them the photo. Uh, you know, gleefully, because she's just carrying it around, you know, to show anyone who asks. And the pictures of her just really getting it in behind the tennis club. So, as discussed. Here's, I feel like this is like, it's always in movies where people are like, just having sex against a wall while standing up. And I just, I just don't know about that. Yeah, I just don't think it would work personally. I mean, it depends on the heights of the parties involved, I guess, but. And I guess the strength of the legs. Anyways, it's just. every time I see that I'm like really though like is that working for you I don't I don't know (laughs) maybe it was just more common back in the day when it was harder for people to find secret spots to have their secret sex and now in this age of you know the modern era where you can just go to your own home and have scandal free sex you know yeah I still just feel like in broad daylight in the middle of the afternoon at a place where other people are walking around probably wasn't the best option, but. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I still think that was a terrible idea, but maybe the standing, the standing up so that they could more quickly make a getaway if they were caught. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so the match commences and Jack and Franny are theorizing. Stanley is once again, overly concerned about Terrence. Why is he still walking around? 
Um, Connie is performing poorly and looking ill. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and they, so the photo that Angela has is photo number 11, but they know from Belinda's notes that there are 12 photos, and Angela is like, I only bought one. So the question is, who has the other photo? Indeed. So they take a closer look at photo 11 to see what might be in the background, which is Connie holding her dress, which she, you know, has lactated on, I guess. Um, so Miss Fisher puts it all together. She's been hiding a pregnancy. And Belinda must have known about it in the 12th photo. And um, so they confront her and they tell her that she has to fake an injury and throw the match or they will haul her off in front of everyone. So she does that. And Angela is declared the winner. Dun-dun! Congratulations, Angela. <laughs> Um, so Stanley, once again, last ditch effort to throw the blame on Terrence, but Miss Fisher finds obviously fake spider bites <laughs> on his wrist. I mean, not obviously fake to Miss Fisher, but I think, you know, the makeup department could have done a better job there. Um, also like, oh, just very conveniently placed that like Miss Fisher was able to see. It's just like, anyway. So silly. Yes. What a convenient clue. Yes. Um, so he admits that he knew about the murder and was trying to protect Connie. And that's why he placed the spider in Miss Fisher's room to cast blame on Terrence. Um, Miss Fisher lays out the evidence. Connie was pregnant with Terrence's baby and was trying to cover up evidence of it. She paid Belinda a hundred pounds for the photo with evidence of her pregnancy, but then killed her anyway, just to be sure. She has a little meltdown. Tennis is everything. Um, and then Terry's like, wait, we had a baby. Um, what happened to it? Where's my baby? Um, and then I have noted that uh, they really should have picked someone with more muscular arms for this role. I just thought the actress who played Connie and also the actress who played Angela, you know, they didn't look like professional athletes to me. Although I will say, so I think now we're like athletes just have like female athletes specifically have bigger muscles now than they used to. Like if you watch old gymnastics from back in the day, they're just little sticks and they're just like throwing themselves around. Whereas now like you watch Simone Biles, like she's very muscular oh yeah follow her on instagram she's jacked yeah so yeah people were doing less impressive feats back then so they probably didn't have to be as fit and i think it's just like different nutrition different physical fitness regimens and like i don't know yeah totally i think it's i i didn't i don't know i think it's realistic that they wouldn't have been like serena williams like jacked i guess so but she just had little stick arms and i thought she would have like just at least a little more definition you know (laughs) well so anyway she was going to be the champion of the world. The champion of the world. Um, so, and really, you know, it's a sad tale that this unplanned yeah. out of wedlock pregnancy could have derailed her career. So this is actually a sad tale of the consequences of a lack of rights for women. But anyway. Right. <laughs> she still didn't have to commit the murder. The murder was was extraneous. The murder was unnecessary. Yeah. So then Angela tries one last time with Jack and he turns her down, obviously. <laughs> she says. If you ever get tired of Miss Fisher and want to play ball, I'll give you the best game you've ever had. After you take a one-month-long voyage on a steamer ship to America, <laughs> and then we will spend one magical evening together, and then you can get back on your boat and go back to Australia, an additional month's voyage. <laughs> so maybe that's why he says, I think we both know that's a challenge I want to be accepted. <laughs> because I can't get that much time off of work. Too much steamer travel involved. <laughs> I get very seasick, so I will not be doing that. <laughs> um, so then Jack and Franny play a little tennis on the lawn, raising the question, did he pack his tennis whites in his bag? Or how did that happen? Yeah, because it does seem to take place directly after this, and he is wearing different clothes. So Perhaps Aunt Prudence had a spare set she could loan him. 
Maybe he keeps a pair at Aunt Prudence's. Maybe he does. Um, and there's just something very sexy about this little tennis game that they play. There's a lot of like exclamations and like, heavy oh. breathing. Yeah. Yes. They're just hitting that ball back and forth. Um, so he beats her at tennis and then revokes her temporary constableship for shoddy paperwork, but she gets to keep the badge because she earned it. And this leads to yet another just like gentle caressing pinning of the badge on her on her dress. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> At this point, Dan said, oh, ho, he's going to put a pin in it. <laughs> and then that wasn't enough. So we followed it up with Jack wants to give Franny a poke. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. You ready for the murder recap? Um, yes, I am. So ready. All right. Constance Burroughs, a great lover of tennis, had an inferior human affair with fellow tennis player Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> which... <laughs> resulted in a tennis disrupting pregnancy uh she she breaks up with terrence left the game for a while secretly set the baby up with a new home and married her coach stanley burroughs however it wasn't so secret because her understudy belinda had been set up by obnoxious paparazzi frederick byrne to spy on connie and take compromising photos of her as well as throw her off her game Byrne was also was being paid by Connie's rival, Angela Lombard, to antagonize Connie because Angela needed to win every match in Australia for a contract she would get with a Mormon tennis shoe company. However, Belinda's snooping around yielded much more lucrative and dangerous results. She photographed Angela having broad daylight sex with Terrence, but also snapped a photo of Connie, photo of Connie with her baby. Angela paid for the sex photo so it wouldn't get out to the Mormons, and Connie paid for the baby photo. But Connie got scared. She smuggled a venomous spider out of Sydney in a jar, sabotaged Belinda's shoes, put the spider in her own shoes, and offered to lend them to Belinda. This made it appear that Connie was the intended victim and pointed to Angela or Terrence as the murderers. However, Connie's husband Stanley found the jar, put two and two together, and decided to help uh, cover it up by putting another spider in Franny's bedroom and trying to frame Terrence for it. All of this illusion was not good enough to fool Dream Team, Jack, and Friday, though, and they got to the bottom of it. <laughs> Game set and murder solved. Done. In the Done. Books. So your recap raised a couple of questions for me that I forgot yes. to ask previously, which was, um, number one, how on earth did Belinda get a photo of Constance with her baby? Because didn't she go away to have the baby mm-hmm. and then just, like, have it adopted and, and then come back? So, like, was Belinda there? Yeah, they, that is not explained. Okay. <laughs> uh, my question is, how did Belinda find this, like, terribly venomous spider? Just Or not Belinda, Connie. How did Connie find this, like, terribly venomous spider to put in a jar? Oh my God, yeah, exactly. How did she do that? She certainly didn't go hunting for it and trap it. It could have bitten her, you know, it's yeah. herself. Um, why would a Mormon company in the 1920s want to hire a female professional athlete? You think they would have been totally anti-female professional tennis player. I mean, they're out there running around, showing their legs. Just it seems unwifely behavior to me that the Mormons would not have supported in the 20s. Yeah, that's a good point. But they were a tennis shoe company. So I guess business is, you know, business is business. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. I mean, I think the real answer to that is plot, because this is why Angela had a motive for buying the racy photo off of Belinda. That's true. Yeah. I think if we were talking about, like, true reality, 
she it likely would not have mattered the religious affiliation of the company. Just any company would not have wanted to sponsor such a scandalously behaving woman at this time in history. Yes. No, and honestly, more true. perhaps still in this day and age, you might lose your Nike sponsorship for being photographed having public sex in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever recommended for any yeah. sort of profession. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, yeah, just like legally, I think probably you don't want to do that. Yeah, probably not. Well, anyway, what'd you have for worst outfit of the week? <laughs> I had the yellow jacket that Franny wears in the beginning. I really don't like it. Oh, I didn't notice it. Hmm. She wears it in like the first, you know, quarter. It's like a yellow jacket, but it's like sort of fuzzy. It looks like old curtains. I just am not a fan. Gross. Um, I had Dot's dumb little cape from the yacht party. <laughs> just really unflattering on Dot. <laughs> um, yeah, and just like sort of the r- wrong vibe for an afternoon cocktail party. But what do I know? Yeah. Um, but what about best outfit? Um, I had the white tennis dress from the last scene. I also had Franny's tennis whites. It's just so flattering and just a beautiful dress. But, you know, the black evening dress from the yacht party is also, or was also a contender. Yeah, well, and I love the pink sparkly, like, shawl that she wears with that dress. It's just, like, stunning. Yeah. Can you imagine wearing an evening gown to, like, an a afternoon party on a boat literally no I I can't imagine any many of components of that scenario (laughs) yeah I mean first of all I've never been invited to a yacht party but (laughs) (laughs) mainly I was just commenting on the times in which people just wore three-piece suits for their every day and then they had like different tuxedos that they would wear for different occasions (laughs) anyway um best week uh, so I actually wasn't really able to come up with a best, a clear best week. Um, what did you have? I put Jack as a clear best week for, for the following reasons. Number one, he finds out what Miss Fisher's weakness is, which is like, it's a big deal. And, you know, comes in handy in multiple occasions in this episode and later in the movie. And, um... Yeah, and also he, like, gets some some flirtation action from this, like, ridiculous American, which he seems amused by. And, yeah, it just really seems like things are moving along with Franny. That's true. You're right. He does have a very good week. All right. I amend. Jack, best week. Um, who'd you have for worst week? Oh, definitely Terrence. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I had a really hard time deciding between Terrence and Stanley because they both were just really ill-used by this woman, Connie. Um, in Terrence's case, you know, he was dumped and insulted and also lost his baby that he never knew about. In Stanley's case, he was sort of married for his money and as a cover up and then also ended up like committing a crime because of his love for this woman who just really didn't deserve it. Yeah. But see, I guess I was less sympathetic to him because of the crime he committed. I suppose, yeah. But he's going to be prosecuted for that, you know? Yeah. No, definitely both of them had a shitty week. Yeah. For sure. Um, Skill of the week? I put tennis, even though she does lose to Jack. But it's still a skill. I couldn't play tennis. I don't know how to play tennis, so. I can't keep track. The scoring system is very confusing to me. (laughs) Um, I put spider trapping. (laughs) With the diaphragm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) All right, murder method. Um, I had X Ash A12 for murder method. (laughs) (laughs) 
the highest rating that can be given on this podcast. So that's why Elon Musk and Grimes named their daughter that. because of this that, that is why. Yeah, we actually had to get on a special phone call um, mm-hmm. last week to discuss it. I, I wasn't allowed to talk about it until now. But now that the, the news has been released, I can finally finally admit that I was I was the source of the name. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Every Lady Needs a Hobby podcast host, Mackenzie Clark, was the source of the name for the mysterious uh, name choosing of Elon Musk and his wife. So, yeah, Yeah. breaking news. (laughs) You don't get a lot of breaking news on this podcast, but. Yeah, the podcast that we started three years after the show wrapped up. (laughs) (laughs) You literally get no breaking news on this podcast at all. Well, sometimes we break the news that like Miss Fisher Con has been canceled, but always at least two weeks after it's been announced on social media. So I don't think that counts as breaking any news. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> Finally, um, well, what was your murder method? Well, uh, I gave it 10 out of 10 because I feel like all the, this entire podcast we've been referencing this murder method is sort of the pinnacle. So yeah. 10 out of 10. It's, it's a perfect, just perfectly executed murder. I like that. Creative. Yeah, a 10 out of 10, a return to the true rating system after weeks of exaggeration and and jokes. Just a a clean, honest 10 out of 10 for the spider murder. Yeah, you know, keep it basic. (laughs) Yeah. Keep it honest. That's what we're all about here. Honesty, integrity of our rating systems. Indeed. And on that note, I would like to reveal my sexual tension rating of (laughs) 9,000. I knew it. I knew it. for two seconds (laughs) (laughs) well you know (laughs) so i decided for sexual attention to to stay you know stay straight laced honest hearty rating of 9.9999999999 i like it i like it now did you round that or did it i mean is it a clean 99999 or is there does the point continue and you just cut it off just for you know the sake of yeah no it's it's nines for infinitely okay it's nines all the way down nines all the way down so we literally could not be closer to 10 uh, yeah much like a jack and franny's faces could not be closer to one another that's how close the sexual tension rating is to 10 <laughs> yeah i actually think the sexual tension is higher in this episode than it is in the next episode i know controversial opinion but I, well, I, yeah, I must. I don't admit, know. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into my thoughts on the the series finale, but <laughs> and let me be clear, the movie was very hot. But anyway, oh. we'll get to season three, episode eight, when we get to it in two weeks, and I will save it all for then. I'm so excited to do the movie. I just we're gonna have to. It's gonna be a long podcast episode. Yeah, maybe we should break it up into two episodes. Yeah, that I seems mean, challenging too. I don't know. I don't know. I think it deserves our the attention of two episodes. Like you know how they split the last Harry Potter book into two mm-hmm. movies, and they split the last Twilight book into two movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in the spirit of those giants that came before us, we too owe our listeners two episodes. So you're saying I'm not married to this. I just wanted to make that joke. <laughs> Or consider this, The Hobbit, they broke into three movies, so maybe we should make it into three episodes. I think they just did that to make money. Right. Which is why we're doing it, too, because of all our sponsors. Yeah, I mean, just think of the sponsorship opportunities for (laughs) three, four, even five episodes dedicated to the movie. Yeah. Might have to finally respond to Blue Apron and MeUndies.com. They're just banging down our doors wanting to sponsor us. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish MeUndies.com sponsored us. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. I wish anyone sponsored us. <laughs> <laughs> these hosting costs, listeners. These hosting costs. Anyway. <laughs> um. On that note, I think that wraps us up. It does. So, yeah, next up is Death to Us Part, the final episode of the TV series. So far, I'm still I'm still just holding out this shred of hope for season four, even though I know that now they're in the movie business. But Indeed. And, you know, listeners, if you do have suggestions or requests for us for a format or what we should cover for the movie episode, send them our way. We'd love to mm-hmm. hear from you. So you can contact us through our website, everyladyneedsahobby.com, or through our Instagram, which is uh, also everyyladyneedsahobby, also on Twitter, and we are also on Tumblr. So you can find our- us in any of those places, and you can shoot us a message, and we'd love to hear from you. Everyladyneedsahobby.com. That's us. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I think that wraps us up for this episode. Catch you next time. the story is go to meundies.com and use promo code (laughs) (laughs) promo code spider murder and you'll get zero percent off (laughs) if you use the code spider murder people will know that we sent you if you use the code spider murder you will get an error message that says (laughs) this code is not valid Go to me and if you send us hate mail, go to meundies.com and use the code hate mail and they will charge you more. <laughs> 10% more will be added to the price of your undies and they'll send you a defective pair. 